Let me just say it. He that finds a wife finds a good thing. Hallelujah. Sorry. I had to brag real fast. Hey, if you haven't had a chance, get on your phone, share the live stream real fast for all the people that are maybe are at home. And listen, I can tell you this. Um, because and, and let me, if you don't know me yet, I, I hate fake production. I hate stuff that just looks good on Facebook. That stuff bugs me. But this has been a mission field for us. We've had a lot of people that are not allowed out of their house, that can't even go anywhere, that have been blessed by the, the, the lives and the videos and things like that. So thank you for sharing. Uh, not because it makes us Facebook famous, because I could literally care two flips about being Facebook famous. Um, I, I, I care about somebody at their house right now that needs a word from God, and they may be sitting in their living room, and it'll come across their Facebook feed. So if you've got your Bibles with you or your Bibles on your phone, get them out, get them out, get them out. I'm excited for what the Word's got for us this morning. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. So I was reading my word and there's some stories that really blessed me, that stuck out and stood out to me, some things about them. And, and I began to think about, man, when you go to, who in here has braved H-E-B in the midst of all this and waited in line? Anybody, you've, anybody had to do that? Okay. Can you imagine? It, it reminds me of when the five, it says the over the 5,000 uh, came and they were hungry. And Jesus was feeding the multitudes. And, and, and imagine walking and Jesus says, we have to feed all of these people. And Jesus tells them to do the very opposite of what I think that you would want to do as a man. And that's sit down. And, and if we're not, you don't have to turn there. But in John, John chapter 6, Jesus is speaking and he says, tell them all to sit down. Your family is hungry, your kids are cranky, your family needs food, and Jesus tells you to sit down. I also read in Matthew 26, 36, and Jesus is getting ready to go up to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, and his disciples are with him. Now think about this moment. Jesus is going to go pray because he knows he's about to be turned over, and he's got his disciples, his rider dies, and he tells them, Sit here while I go over and pray. Sitting is the last thing that I would want to do in the midst of my Savior about to be persecuted. In Mark chapter 9, the disciples are being foolish and arguing, who's the greatest? And Jesus looks at them and he sits down and he begins to teach them. And I begin to see a theme of sitting down. It might be a theme that you maybe have never thought of in the Bible of sitting down down. But I saw this theme started to go through. And I, in Isaiah, it's talking about Babylon, and it says, you are sitting on the ground in dust, which was the end of it. There was a, a destruction of the empire coming down. I, I saw that when Jesus walked away from his mom and dad, they found him sitting in the temple, sitting around these leaders in the temple. I, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but when the stone was rolled away in front of Jesus' tomb, the angel that rolled along the, the, ro the, the rock was sitting on top of the rock. And, and these, I, I kept seeing this theme going around of sitting, of sitting, of sitting. 
But three of them really hit me hard. Three of them in this season really did something for me. And I want to share that with you this morning. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to go to Luke chapter 10. And, and we've read this story quite a bit of times. You've probably seen this story if you've grown up in church a few times. But in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now it happened that they went and he entered a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Now let's be honest, ladies. Maybe families can testify to this. You ever had somebody coming over and you got everybody in line to clean the house and you could eat off the floors, but the first thing that you say to them, I'm sorry the house is such a wreck. When you know good and well you could eat off the toilet because it's so clean. And, and all of a sudden you start getting the family ready. Jesus is coming over and Martha is getting the house ready. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet. There's that word again, sat who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone to serve? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered her and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Mary had found the secret of sitting at Jesus' feet while Martha figured her hands could make things happen. And Jesus tells her, he says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. And I'm here to tell you, some of us have been so busy trying to make things better in this season. And Jesus is saying, son and daughter, you've been worried about many things. But one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Let me ask you. In this season where we're hoarding and we're collecting things and we're worrying whether our family will have enough, what are you investing in that can't be taken from you? What are you pouring into your family that, that cannot be taken from you? You can hoard toilet paper. You can hoard food. You can hoard things. You can hoard all these meat and go and get all these things. But they will destroy one day. And Jesus says, you can wear yourself out collecting things that will fade and being busy and getting things done. But my question, in the midst of this, have you been able to sit in his presence while sitting at home? Have you been able to sit in the presence of God while you're forced to stay in the walls? Some of us, we, we just make ourselves busy to pass the time and we become like Martha, focused on a thousand things to make so, so that we're getting done and we're being good and dutiful and getting things done and we're missing what Jesus said was the most important part. I don't want to end up at the end of the season looking at Jesus saying I was forced to sit in my house for weeks and I did not use any of it for him. Well, God, I was busy. And he's going to say, with what? You couldn't go nowhere. You couldn't even go to work. What were you busy with? You ever have a kid, you come home, and they had chores to do, and they didn't do them? 
And you're like, what'd you do? Oh, we were busy. What were you busy with? Well, you know, man, it was crazy. It's excuses. I don't want to get up at the end of the season and not learning to sit at the feet of Jesus. But let me give you some grace real fast. Some of you sitting at the feet of Jesus for 30 seconds feels like 30 hours. Well, Pastor Chris, it's just hard for me. Okay, it's because we've been Martha for so long, we don't know how to be Mary. Don't miss this opportunity to learn to be a Mary because we've been Martha for so long. Fathers and mothers, you may have been Martha with your job because you've had to with schedules. Train yourself to be a Mary and don't let this season pass without your kids learning to sit at the feet of Jesus. Because what Martha was doing was good. That's the thing. She wasn't doing bad stuff. She was doing good stuff. It's possible to be busy with a bunch of good stuff and miss the main thing. Psalms 27.4. One thing I have desired of the Lord and that will I seek. That I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. One thing I ask. What is that one thing you asked this morning? So my question to you is this, when it comes to being seated, are you seated in true priority? If I looked at how we've been spending our time lately, what is your priority? The second thing that stuck out to me, if you don't know, I, I know somebody back here will definitely know, we got a few. What starts Wednesday night? Passover. All the way till the 16th, Passover starts. Now, if you've never been to church and never heard the story, I'm going to explain it to you. The people of God are in slavery in Egypt. And all of a sudden, they've gone through nine plagues. And now it's time for the 10th. And the firstborn is going to be dead. The firstborn is going to be killed unless the blood of a lamb is over the doorposts. And it says in Exodus chapter 12, verses 23. For the Lord will pass through and strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel, which is the middle part of the door, and the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your household to strike you. And you shall observe this thing as an ordinance for you and your sons forever. Can you imagine the sounds of the screams going through this whole place of firstborns being, being killed? And you know the screams are getting closer because people didn't put the blood over their door. But yet they were seated in their house, trusting the blood of the lamb over their door. There may be a cry happening in the streets, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. When I see in Psalms 91, I want to ask you, have you been seated in this protection or has sanitizer been your glory? We can sanitize through the, and, and do 60 feet dif, distances and we can do all these things. But there's a thing called the blood of the lamb that will accomplish more than sanitizer ever will. And we've got to be a body that begins to stand under what the blood accomplished for us on that cross. Psalms 91. He who abides in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He 
is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor by the arrow that flies by day nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. You know what's amazing about that scripture? It didn't say that there would be no terror by night. It didn't say that there would be no arrows that fly by day. It didn't say that there wouldn't be pestilence that walks in darkness. It didn't say there would be no destruction in the waste of noonday. It said, even though that happens, you are protected by the Lord God Almighty. And some of you need to change your confession and need to change what you're confessing over your house. Because over my house, we have the blood that's over my house. Even though there may be screams in the streets. I know I am protected. So my question is how seated are you in his protection? Are you seated and comfortable in this? Because you know what we can do is we can say, oh, I'm seated. But we look out the window to really make sure. We look out and to double check, really make sure. How seated are you in the protection that God loves his children and will protect his children? And the third story that sticks out to me about being seated. In Matthew chapter 21. In Matthew chapter 21. Verses 6 through 9. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt. And laid their clothes on them. And set him on them. What is today? Today's Palm Sunday. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes went before him. And those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. What a beautiful sight, right? They're laying down their clothes and their palm branches to a Savior riding in on a donkey. And Jesus knew the very people that raised their voice saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, were the same ones that were going to scream, crucify him, crucify him. But Jesus was seated on a donkey, knowing his identity didn't depend on what people said in the streets or what people praised him in the great times. But he knew who he was, despite what people were going to do to him in just a few days. So my question to you is this, how seated are you in the identity of a son and daughter of God? Do you know what I'm not doing right now? I'm not dating my wife. We're not on a date. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm preaching. I don't know if you know this, but me and my wife aren't sitting at a candlelight dinner. Can you tell? I don't know if you know this, but I'm not writing a love letter to my wife right now. 
We're not standing on an altar. Now, some of you might say, what does that have to do with what you're talking about? But I know 100% that I'm married. And sometimes we only feel like we're true sons and daughters of God when we're doing things that look good before God. But my question for you is this. Are you so seated in the identity of who you are as a son or daughter of God that it doesn't matter that if you're in the pit of despair or on the top of the mountain or if you're in church or if you're not in church or if you're at work or you're not at work, do you have a seated identity in the son or daughter of God or do you have a seated identity of a pew and church how seated are you in the fact that you know that you know nothing could shake me on the fact that that's my wife but Chris what if it starts storming has nothing to do with my wife well Chris what if everybody in this parking lot drives away has nothing to do with my wife well Pastor Chris what happens if um, the the divorce rate goes to a million and everybody in the world gets divorced today has nothing to do with me and my wife. Let me make that to you. What if everybody quits going to church and gives up on Jesus has nothing to do with you and your relationship with Jesus? Well, what if everybody says following Jesus is illegal has nothing to do with you following Jesus? What if we never get to meet in this building again has nothing to do with you following Jesus? How seated are you in the identity of being a son and daughter of God? Galatians chapter 3. Are you ready for this? If you don't know this scripture, you need to write this scripture down. You need to study the scripture. This needs to be a scripture that you carry with you. This needs to be a set of scriptures that you bring with you. This needs to be a set of scriptures that if there's anything you study from today, it's this set of scriptures right here. And it starts in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you who are baptized in Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. Now I say it that to the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ from all from a slave, though he is a master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by his father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of God into the Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Verse 7. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, an heir, through God, through Jesus Christ, you are a son and daughter of God, and no one can take that from you. No one can take that from you. No one can take that from you. No one can make me divorce to my wife. I've got to sign that paper. No one can make me leave Christ. I've got to do it. Nobody can make me divorce my Savior. I'm the only one. Situations can't do it. Government can't do it. Laws can't do it. Viruses can't do it. Issues can't do it. I am a son of God. But we've got to learn to be seated in that. There's a big difference between knowing it and having seated identity, knowing even though the world may come around you, you know who 
and whose you are. How seated are you this morning in the fact that there's a priority that needs to be in your life? How seated are you into his priority? How seated are you in his protection? And how seated are you in his identity? Let me tell you right now that there's going to be a great opportunity for you to check those things. And some of you may say, Pastor Chris, I can tell you this. We've been in our house and he's not been my priority lately. You ready? Bam, right there. Did you see it? Did you see what happened right there? Did you see what happened? Just right there. It just happened. Did you see what happened? A new second happened. That means when you leave this parking lot, you have a fresh opportunity to be the, a, a, a spiritual father and the leader of your household that did not pull into this parking lot. That means you have breath in your lungs, that you, you have the opportunity to be the covenant wife and the covenant mother that did not pull into this parking lot. That means you have the opportunity to leave here knowing, though I walked in with fear, I walk out knowing that there is blood on the doorpost, that God will protect his children, that you may have pulled in wondering where your substance is going to come from. You can leave knowing that God will provide for you and protect you. You may have pulled in not knowing who you are, but you can leave knowing that you are an adopted son of God. Are you seated this morning in his identity? Are you seated in his identity? Are you seated in it? Because you know what seated does? Seated shows the anxiety that Martha had didn't really do much. And I want to ask you this week, today, how's that anxiety working for you? How's that anxiety working for you? The other day I was sitting there and that anxiety felt like a weight on my chest. You ever had that anxiety? It just feels like it's just standing on your chest with two feet and you just want to breathe. In no situation, and you just have that anxiety and it's pressed on you. I sat there and that anxiety just felt like somebody standing on my chest and I couldn't do anything about it. And I had to go to the Father and say, Father, I, I, I'm anxious, and I'm worried, and I'm fearful. And I need you to get this off my chest. And I laid before the Father, and he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And he asked me, who are you? And I said, well, I'm Chris Larson. He said, no, 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 no. Who are you? And I'm, a, well, I'm Chris. He said, no, who are you? I said, well, I'm a son of God. He said, you're right. And I will protect you. I will love you. And I'm already at the answer. You must trust me. You are my son. And he's been taking me through this walk of having just a revelation of asking myself, how seated am I in the identity of being a son of God? This season will press you. This season will push you. This season will test you. This season will press you in ways you never have. But if you push through into the identity of a son of God, 
you will look more like Jesus at the end of it. Through a season, the enemy looked to destroy you. What he said out, the Bible said that if he known what would have been accomplished at the cross, he never would have killed Jesus. So I tell you this, if the enemy would have only known what he tried to accomplish by pressing down the church and squishing our faith and pushing through this, at the end of it, if the enemy would ever have known what it was going to be accomplished through this season, he would not have pressed us the way he's been pressing us. He would not have pushed us the way he's been pushing us. So I tell you, yes, it's going to get heavy. Yes, it's going to get hard. But oh, on the other side, on how great it's going to be when we come and say he was faithful before, he's faithful now, and he's going to continue to be faithful because I am a son of God. Amen? Hallelujah.